This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And welcome on this Saturday morning. Dave Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. I'll take you till 8 o'clock this morning. And then, of course, it's Joe Wiz. He'll lead you up until 9, and I will be back in action from 9 to 2, leading you up to... Ironically enough, as we start the hockey show, the Rangers and the Red Wings. That's a 12.30 star, 12 o'clock pregame right here on 98.7 ESPN. So, of course, the hockey show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And Slowman's call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Me. So three games for the Rangers this week, two against teams that they really should have beaten and one, I guess it's fair to say litmus test as the Rangers right there to, to maybe take hold of this division. We'll run through how the week went for the Rangers and what's coming up. And we'll hear from Gerard Gallant. Uh, we'll hear from Chris Kreider, a record setting goal for Chris Kreider. So a lot to do. Of course, the Devils, the Islanders, the look ahead, the look back, the you, you name it. You have it right here. On the hockey show. All right. So last Saturday, all of a sudden, I get a text during my morning show of, are you interested in Rangers tickets for the game tonight? Big news, jazz hands. (laughs) Big news, jazz hands. And uh, of course, I say to the kids, guys, you want to go? Of course. Of course. We want to go. So we pack into the car like the Clampets. The half of you are listening like the Clampets. And the other half like, ah, the Clampets. So the Clampets, right? Not to Beverly Hills we go. No, to the garden we go. We pile into the car, go to the garden, get into MSG, watch the game. Rangers, I mean, let's let's be fair, absolutely took care of business. 5-1 victory, clinch a playoff spot over the Ottawa Senators. So how did it happen? It was funny because the Rangers were dominating play and Ottawa got one shot early on in the game and they scored on it. one nothing Ottawa at 2-22. But that was that might have been the, the only highlight for the game for the Ottawa Senators because at 12.32 of the first, Artemi Panarin scores, tying the game at 1-1. At 6.56, Andrew Kopp makes it 2-1 for the Rangers over the Senators. Also in the second, and make note of this, Chris Kreider, uh, his 48th of the season at 9.05, making it 3-1. Then Ryan Strom, his 17th, making it 4-1. And we were literally getting up and ready to leave our seats. And Chris Kreider scored again with two minutes and 29 seconds to go in the game, making it 5-1. That's his 49th of the season. So we plopped right back down thinking, well, we can't we can't get up and leave because if he scores his 50th, we can't be the people that have gotten up to leave if Kreider scores his 50th. He does not. Rangers win this one by the final of 5-1. to one. Ryan Lindgren with your third star, Chris Kreider with your second star, and Artemi Panarin a goal and two assists with your first star of the game. So Rangers get the win on Saturday. Um, uh, night last week. That's a week ago from right now. And they're excited because now they have a, a playoff spot all clinched. Here is the head coach after the game, Gerard Gallant, on getting that little check mark next to the name, being that they're in the postseason. Yeah, I guess so. Perfect. Feels great. That's what you set up to do when the season starts. And we got that accomplished. Now we got nine games to get ready for and finish as high as we can. Keep winning games and keep playing well. 
All right, so that's the goal. Keep winning games, keep playing well, and next up for the Rangers, a, a tough uh, matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. Before we get to that one, more from Gerard Gallant after the game against Ottawa. Was there a moment, kind of that moment this season when you recognized this, in fact, could be a special year? Well, it wasn't the first 12 games, but uh, I think I think somewhere around Christmas where we, when we were playing really well, I think we went 11-1 and one or some, something in that area. And, you know, we were playing the right ways and we were winning games. We weren't winning lucky because the goalie stood in his head. And I think that at that time they said, you know, we got something special and the guys are, it's a good group of guys. And like I said, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've won games a lot of different ways this year. There's no doubt about that. And, but uh, they stuck together. And again, it's not over yet. We got nine, nine big games to play and finish as high as we can. Well, one of those big games to play was the game on Tuesday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, the Rangers actually had pulled themselves within two points of Carolina, a win in the game on Tuesday, and they'd be deadlocked. Now, Carolina does have the tiebreaker because they have more wins at the moment, but the Rangers have done so well that that's the position they put themselves in, right? So it's a battle for first in the Metro. Rangers came out, kind of felt like a boxing match, right? Kind of each team feeling things out. Rangers take a one nothing lead uh, early in the second period. Ke'Andre Miller with a beautiful goal and a great pass from Mika Zibanejad and uh, Frank Vitrano as well. Then following that, Vitrano hits the post, would have made it 2 nothing, doesn't go in. And then at 13-38, Carolina scores of the second period to tie the game at 1-1. So at the end of two periods, all deadlocked at 1. Early in the third, Carolina scores again, making it 2-1. And then Jordan Stahl makes it 3-1 about six minutes into period number three. And you start to feel like this is, this is kind of slipping away. And it was slipping away, but in that brief moment, it all stopped because Chris Kreider, late third period, still a 3-1 game, scores his 50th of the season. Here's how it sounded on 98.7 ESPN. Here's Fox out at the left point, moves to the circle, shoot, stop, rebound, score! Chris Kreider. Number 50 for Chris Kreider. The fourth Ranger in franchise history well, to reach the 50-goal mark. And that is Kenny Albert and Pete Stemkowski. And Pete, right on it, Stemmer, right on it, screaming out, Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider. That was his 50th goal of the season. Like Kenny mentions, only the fourth Ranger in team history to put up 50 goals in a season. I will say this. It felt like a little of the luster and excitement wasn't there. And why? And understandably so, because... The Rangers, you know, we're going to lose that game and they lost that game. Now they cut it to three, two at that moment, had a couple of chances an empty netter with just seconds left, made it four, two. And that was the final. So I thought the Rangers played well, litmus test against Carolina. They can compete with them. Maybe Carolina is a little bit better. Maybe it's not a great matchup. Maybe the Rangers can get them in the postseason. But I thought the Rangers represented themselves fairly well. The downside you can't have the celebration when it comes to Kreider getting his 50th. Now, uh, let's take a listen to Gerard Glant, and then we'll run through the Rangers that have ever scored 50 this season. It's not a long list. Firstly, the head coach on Kreider scoring his 50th. I think it's awesome he scored 50 goals. I mean, that's huge. It's it's great to see. And, uh, you know, we all dream about the Stanley Cup, but he's lying. He, he dreamt about scoring 50 goals, and, uh, you know, that's a great feat. He had a great season for us, and, you know, it's too bad we had to lose when, you know, a guy scores his 50th but uh, hats off to him. You know, it's, a, it's an unbelievable season. And he's still got six, seven games, I think, so. 
And if you remember now, there was a lot of conversation with the Rangers trade Chris Kreider and not they decided to sign him to a long-term deal. And boy, year one, that has paid off in spades. So he becomes the fourth Ranger in franchise history uh, to score 50 goals. Ties uh, Vic Hatfield, who had 50 in 1971-1972. Adam Graves had 52 in the Stanley Cup run season of 93-94. And a guy that will never stop playing hockey, that is Yarmir Yager. Back in 2005-2006, he scored 54. That is the most in the history of the franchise. So 50 for Kreider. And again, he's not done yet. Where does it stop? We will keep a very close eye on that here on the hockey show. Here is, And a very subdued, I got to be honest with you, a very subdued Chris Kreider after the game. Why? Because he is looked at as one of the leaders of this team. He, I mean, they don't have an actual captain, but if you ask the guys in that locker room, who's the captain, the most important leader of this team, maybe the vocal leader of this team, maybe it is Chris Kreider. So you don't get somebody celebrating, I got to 50. Sounds more like like you're a little bit depressed at not winning a game and and in spite of getting number 50. Here is Chris Kreider on getting his 50th of the season. Something we can probably talk about another day, but I mean, it's hard after a game like that where you know, we, we, we were in it, we were doing a lot of good things. So, I mean, I think it would mean a lot more if we had found a way to win that game. But um, I think it's something that I'll appreciate. It's hard to appreciate right now. <laughs> I, I think as a sports fan, and a talk show host. I think that's exactly what you want, right? How many times do guys celebrate moments? You're like, how is he so excited when his team just lost? And we get so despondent or annoyed or frustrated with players that have this energy and this this excitement when maybe they shouldn't. Well, here's a guy who did something that has been done three other times in this storied franchise history. And after the game, because it was a, a... I mean, let's be fair, a really tough loss against a team really wanted to go out there and and prove something against. He was not all that excited. So I like the fact that Kreider sounded like that after it's an unbelievable feat getting 50, but it didn't sound like he was all that thrilled. Here is more of Chris Kreider, not on the 50, uh, but about the Canes beating the Rangers uh, earlier this week at what we would consider to be playoff hockey. It was more the back in the second period that got away from us. I think there were moments in the third, but they seemed to raise their level. Caught pucks behind us and we're playing physical, finishing every check. We were having troubles getting the puck out, getting the puck in. It was a playoff hockey. There were momentum swings and they took advantage of theirs. So it's just a little bit, a little too late for us getting on the forecheck there in the third at times. That's got to be a, a staple for us. It's been a staple when, when things are going well. We're aggressive on the forecheck. We, we force turnovers, but I mean, when you're constantly trying to break the puck out and you're not able to establish forecheck, so we, we, we had to be better at breaking the puck out. That means, you know, supporting each other, skating for each other, making those hard, simple plays on walls, playoff hockey. So the first six minutes of the third period is when things really got away. Rangers had their opportunities, had shots on goal, couldn't capitalize, and in the end lost this one by the final of 4-2. But I don't think as a Rangers fan you look at this and you're you're annoyed. I think you're a, a tad bit frustrated uh, that you didn't get the win, but it's not like it wasn't a competitive game, and you hope to see this team at some point uh, down the road in the postseason. So that's the first two Rangers games of this week. They follow that up with a game on Wednesday night against the Flyers. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break, come back, get to that game, hear more from the head coach, Gerard Gallant, and then we'll get into the Islanders, the Devils, and a look ahead of what we have coming up this week around the locals in the NHL. It's a very busy hockey show right here on the Saturday morning. Dave Rothenberg with you on 98.7 ESPN. Andy from Merrick presents today's defensive analytics sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. 
Defending the power play is a key to winning defensive hockey. But when you come up with a shorthanded goal, it's a dagger to your opponent. This season, Chris Kreider of the Rangers not only leads the league in power play goals, but he has also contributed a few shorties to support the stunning turnaround of a season for the Broadway Blue Shirts. Back to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And welcome again Saturday morning. Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. So we left you. I mean, it's like a a two-part Scooby-Doo. We left you with the Rangers having beaten Ottawa and followed that up with a, a rough loss. Although... A great 50th goal of the season by Chris Kreider, but a rough loss against Carolina on Tuesday night of this week. On Wednesday night of this past week, a couple days ago, Rangers visiting the Flyers in Philadelphia. Now you look at that and you say, Rangers are more talented. Rangers are healthier. Rangers should go into Philly and this should be a no contest. But we've seen in the past, we're following a game that, I don't know, it takes an emotional toll. Maybe you don't follow that up with a great performance. Well, the Rangers were terrific. They went into Philly. Flyers all banged up. Georgie Evan net, not an issue. Lafreniere sits out for rest. Heedle was back in the lineup. And the Rangers absolutely took it to Philadelphia. So let's walk through this game. We'll hear from Gerard Gallant. And then in the next segment, we'll get into the Islanders. And the Devils as well. Well, Capo Caco has missed extended time and came back uh, recently. Uh, and it had been somewhat quiet, although there is an expectation there that he's going to turn it on down the rest of the regular season and hopefully into the postseason. So um, midway through the first period, Kako scores only a six of the season. But remember, he has missed extended time. Uh, Barclay Goodrow with an assist and Ke'Andre Miller as well go to the locker room end of the first period. And the Rangers with a one nothing lead. Second period, 8-22. Same guy yet again. Kako with the goal, his seventh of the season. Hedl with the assist. 2-0 Rangers with the lead. A couple minutes later, Artemi Panarin, who just continues to have a phenomenal season for the Blue Shirts, makes it 3-0, his 22nd of the year. Truba with the assist, 3-0 Rangers. And Cop with the goal at 18.07 of the third, his 18th of the year. That's a shorthanded, empty net variety. Uh, Goodrow and Truba with the assist. 4 nothing is your final. And the Rangers absolutely took care of business on Wednesday in Philadelphia. Your three stars of this one are Temi Panarin with the goal uh, and an assist. He's your third star, Capo Caco. Two goals is your second star. And Alexander Georgiev is your first star. 26 shots thrown his way and 26 saves made. So very workmanlike, really good job by the Rangers following up what was a tough loss the night before. Then you have to get onto the bus. Go down to Philly, beat the Flyers. Now you get a couple days off. Of course, the Rangers back in action uh, this afternoon, right after my 9 to noon show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's take a listen to Gerard Gallant after the game. Here is the Rangers head coach on the goaltender getting him the shutout. Yeah, Jordy was excellent. A real strong game. He looked really solid in there and made some real big saves for us. So he was the difference in the game for sure. So, I mean, he was terrific. Um... And it's hit or miss with Georgie, right? We've seen Georgie play really well. We saw him play excellent uh, when the Rangers were in Carolina earlier this year. We've seen him struggle 
And even in spite of his struggling, I think this is kind of a good thing for the Rangers, even despite some of the struggles that Georgie has, they've won a bulk of the games that he hasn't played overly well in. But on Wednesday of this week against the Flyers, he was he was very, very good stopping all 26 shots thrown his way. We discussed it on this show. Um, how difficult is it to, to follow up what was an emotional loss the night before and come back and and, and give such a convincing performance. Here is Gerard Gallant on that very situation. Well, I think anybody that's been in the league or around the teams around in the league, it's, you know they're going to come out and work hard, and they came out and worked hard in that first year. They were really good, and we were fortunate enough to get the opening goal, so that was big for us. But uh, Philly worked hard and competed hard tonight, and we just took advantage of some of our chances and made some good plays, but they competed and battled hard tonight. They give them credit for that. It was tough last night, obviously, when they lose 9-2, but uh, they came out and they worked their, their tails off tonight. But how many times in sports, in, in, in any sport, really, has a team had an emotional loss the night prior and gone up against a team that they're clearly more talented than and they don't play well or there's no energy or one of their best players like Shesterkin doesn't play and all of a sudden the backup is not good. So Shesterkin. I understand you look at this and say it's just the Flyers, but I think that's it. That's an impressive win for the Rangers to follow up what was a very, very difficult loss. Rangers put four goals on the board, two of them by Capo Caco. Here's the head coach giving his explanation of, of Caco's game the other night. Yeah, he was excellent. He drove in that. The line was excellent. They made some real good plays, and they played the way they're supposed to play. They created some good offense down low, and I thought they were the most consistent line all night for and that's important because we, we know and we've known this all year. The Rangers are very top heavy, right? It's Kreider, it's Panarin, it's Abinajad. And, and, and I mean, Goodrow is a nice player, but they, they, they have struggled in a five on five situation to score goals consistently. If you get Kako and Lafreniere and Heedle and, and Vitrano, I mean, these guys to really start to produce as you get towards the postseason, this gives this Rangers club an entirely different complexion. More from Gerard Gallant uh, on the boost that Kako's two goals gave this team. Yeah, it means a lot for him. It's good for our hockey team. He's a good player. And even after he scored his two goals, I like the effort he made coming off the boards and driving in the middle of the lane and trying to score his third goal. So that's what we talk about all the time with young players. Get to the scoring areas and, you know, and he did that tonight. So it's great for his confidence. It's good for our team. You can hear the head coach. He's, he's very pleased. And he is not going to give you, you know, just the, the pat line. Young kid trying to get his confidence boosted and say, oh, he went out there and he played a great game. That's not what Gallant gives you. Gallant is just the opposite of that. If he doesn't think you play well, he's going to be honest about it. Not only does he think Kako played well the other night, he thinks overall his game's in a really good place right now. Well, he's been hurt for, what, nine weeks, so he's, that's just his third game, and, you know, you expect the guy when he worked hard when he was out, so, yeah, I think he got a little bit bigger and stronger, and he's done a lot of good things, so he feels real fresh right now, and he showed good jump in his legs tonight. And he did, and that's the hope. And and maybe it's somehow a blessing in disguise, right? I mean, they give Lafreniere the night off, and they want him to get a little more fresh and rested as we get ready for the postseason. Maybe Shesterkin's not going to start every game as we get down the, the stretch of the season. And I'm not saying you want Kako to miss nine weeks, but maybe the wear and tear on his body for missing nine weeks of action won't be there this postseason because it's, it's going to be hopefully for the Rangers. Like, that's the goal right now is this is going to be a long, drawn-out postseason so if that's the case you're going to need these guys in top shape and you don't want to kill them down the stretch and on top of that you look at what's coming up right I mean who are you going to play are you going to win the division we, we don't know you'd say it's probably unlikely but we don't know are you, are you going to come in second probably right that feels like that'll be the worst case scenario so then is it going to be Pittsburgh is it going to be Washington do you want to get into playing the game of who would you rather see see I, I stopped doing that a long time ago 
Oh, last time I did that. I'll bring you back. Last time I did that. 2000. Yeah, let me bring you back. Last time I did that. 2001. And let me bring you back to Giants Stadium. Giants Vikings NFC Championship game. Giants obliterate the Vikings. 41-0 the final score. I rush home and I'm watching Ravens Raiders. And I think to myself, the Giants can beat the Ravens. I don't know that I want the Raiders. So Rich Gannon gets hurt. I know it's the hockey show, but I got to tell this story. Rich Gannon gets hurt. And all of a sudden, you're like, the Ravens are going to win. They win. And then they absolutely destroy the Giants two weeks later in the Super Bowl. So that, at that moment, I was like, I'm not playing this game anymore. Of I want this team to beat this team to play this team. You get who you get. And that is it. All right. That being said, here's more of the Rangers head coach. Is the team shaping up just in time for postseason action? Well, I mean, tonight we traded chances a little bit too much for our liking, but overall we played good hockey. I mean, we, we got a talented hockey team, and I thought tonight we got a little bit too cute in the offensive zone trying to handle the puck too much. But again, when you get a lead and your skilled players want to make those plays, but uh, overall we've been, we're, we're getting ready for it and hopefully keep playing well down the stretch. You know, it's a nice thing when you can win a game for nothing and still find negatives, but not destroy your team. You're, you're in a very, very good place. So we mentioned earlier on in this segment that uh, Alexei Lafreniere did not play, got the night off. What was the rationale behind that? Here's the head coach. Just, you know, it's a long season. The kid's 19 years old and we just wanted to try something else and give him a little break. So is, is this what we're going to see down the stretch of more guys getting rest? Here's Gerard Gallant. Day to day, it's going to, like I said, Phil was ready to come back in. We didn't want to sit in there for three games in a row, so that's what you do. You make decisions like that. Actually, it's not from bad play. It's, it's nothing to do with that. It's just, like I said, he's a young guy. He's a young guy. He looks a little bit tired lately to me. He hasn't played an 82-game NHL schedule before, so, you know, nothing to jump the ship about. He'll be back in next game. And the last thing you want to do, I mean, the last thing you want to do for, for an unnecessary reason is overwork these guys heading into the playoffs. You know you're going to get in. Odds are the worst you're going to do is the second seed in the Metropolitan Division. Take it easy. And, and you get your wins anyway. Or you still had your way against Philadelphia. So that's where we are at the Rangers. Now, last year when we did the hockey show, a bulk of it was on the Islanders because they were the most relevant team. This year, a bulk of it is going to be on the Rangers. Why? Say it with me. They are the most relevant team. All that being said, the Islanders and Devils continue to play. The Islanders, uh, you know what? Pretty, pretty, pretty decent week. We'll get to that. And on top of that, oh, it's giveaway time. And it's all happening in just a moment on the Hockey Show this Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy from Emmett presents Wager Plays for the weekend of April 16 and 17. This afternoon, the Broadway Blue Shirts host Detroit at MSG. The playoff-bound Rangers will win this game and keep low scoring. Play the under with confidence. Late Saturday night, the Devils visit the Kraken in Seattle. Even without Jack Hughes, this should be a high-scoring affair. Look strong at the over as your play for this one. And finally, on Sunday evening, the Islanders visit their old buddy, John Tavares, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. With over 100 points and a playoff spot secured, Toronto keeps the pedal to the metal against Barzell and the boys from Belmont. Andy from Merrick's wager plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. 
Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And we are here on a Saturday morning, the Hockey Show with you, Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN. Uh, I want to dive into the Islanders and certainly the Devils as well. Some really sad news, locally especially, uh, in the world of the NHL. Yesterday we found out that when you talk about the legends of New York hockey, uh, the Islanders of the early 80s are are right up there. And and Mike Bossy, uh, very sadly yesterday, passed away at the age of 65 um, due to lung cancer. So we, we had a feeling that this would happen at some point in the not-so-distant future when he uh, went into, uh, I guess, a hospice kind of situation. And, uh, of course, yesterday he passes away. So very sad news. We'll get into it in just a couple moments and hear from Wayne Gretzky and run through just the, the story, the illustrious career of the uh, the all-time uh, NHL legend Mike Bossy passing at the age of 65. I, I do want to touch on the Islanders, and we'll get to the Devils as well. Uh, Islanders this past week, um, last Saturday, a, a week ago today, uh, against the St. Louis Blues, and this was a, a I think it's fair to say, a, a non-competitive game. Uh, it was 2-0 at the end of one period. St. Louis uh, took a, a somewhat commanding lead. Justin Falk scored early in the second, making it 3 nothing. He scored again a minute and a half later, making it 4 nothing, And then it was 5 nothing late stages of the second. Grant Hutton scored his first for the Islanders to cut it to 5-1. But Robert Thomas adds one at 19-20 of the second period, making it 6-1. Uh, that's your final score. The Islanders lose last Saturday by the final of 6-1. to one. So very, very unfortunate. Islanders uh, really have no... No answers for what St. Louis brought to the table and lose that game uh, a week ago today by the score of 6-1. to one. Then on Tuesday of this week, the Islanders hosted the Pittsburgh Penguins and very exciting game. Um, very rare and frequent that the goaltender will get the number one star of the night and allow four goals. But that's exactly what you saw in that one. It was a shootout victory from the Islanders over the Penguins. So the Islanders doing a little little service for the Rangers there as they go on their, their bid for at least that number two spot that we talked about earlier today on the hockey show as uh, the Rangers continue their winning ways. So let's run through the game on Tuesday against Pittsburgh. That, uh, of course, was uh, the first of two consecutive games between these two teams. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, scored first at 5.52 of period number one. Uh, Jake Gensel with his 34th of the season, making it one nothing. But the Islanders more than stormed back uh, the final 14 minutes of the first period. Zach Parisi on the power play. Uh, Barzell and Dobson with the assist made it 1-1. Uh, Parisi again, his 13th, this time shorthanded. So he had the power play goal and then the shorthanded goal. Uh, J.G. Pajot and Adam Pellick with the assist there, making it 2-1. And then an unassisted goal is Josh Bailey scores his ninth of the season, making it 3-1 at 19-22. So end of one period, Islanders with a 3-1 lead. That vanished by the end of the second period. It was 3-2, 3-46 into period number two. And then Gensel with his second of the game, making it 3-3, his 35th of the season. We head to the third period. Islanders take a 4-3 lead. Uh, Bailey scores again and again unassisted, making it 4-3. And then Jeff Carter on the power play ties the game at 4, his 18th of the season. 
and we go to uh, overtime, no goals in overtime, go to the shootout, and the Islanders do get the victory. Kyle Palmieri with the only goal in the shootout. Islanders win the game. Uh, Gensel with your third star. Josh Bailey with the second star. He had two goals. And Ilya Sorokin, like we mentioned, 43 saves on 47 shots. So that was Tuesday. And then Thursday, same two teams, uh, Islanders and the Penguins. Very different result and location different as well. This time in Pittsburgh, it was all Pittsburgh. Uh, at 4.59 of the first, Chris Letang with the goal, making it one nothing, 2 nothing at 8.52 later in the period. Zach Parisi scores again, his third goal in two games, cutting the lead in half, making it 2-1 at 5.51 of the second period. Gensel again really seems to have the Islanders' number, his 36th of the season, 3-1. Sidney Crosby in the third makes it 4-1. Uh, Anders Lee cuts the lead in half again, making it 4-2, his 26th of the season, 5-2 with a little more than two minutes to go. Uh, Zidane Char with his actually first of the year. So congratulations to him for putting the puck in the net at 18.52, making it 5-3. And guess who scored an empty netter with only 10 seconds to go? That's right, Jake Gensel again. Four goals in two games, second of this one. His 37th of the season in the empty net Friday as Pittsburgh wins this one on Thursday of this week by the score of 6-3. to three. Barry Trotz, kind of a hot and cold week, get hammered against St. Louis, winning a shootout over the Penguins, get beaten up on the road against Pittsburgh. Here is Barry Trotz on the most recent loss Thursday night against the Penguins. Well, I just thought the uh, first period we were soft. We were too easy to play against. We didn't get uh, play stopped. We gave up odd man rushes. We got beat off the walls. We were playing shinny, and you can't do that. And we were only down a puck, and then we had a power play. We didn't get anything on the power play. And then, you know, they hit a guy coming out of the box, and you're down a couple pucks. But I thought in the second period we were really good. I mean, we got it to 2-1. I thought we generated uh, some pretty good scoring chances. We had a chance to get it to 2-2. And I think Palmieri hit the post, and then, you know, they come back and, you know, we try to make an offensive play. We failed the execution to get a two-on-one and score. That one took a piece of us, uh, I think, a little bit. That was a real important goal, that third goal for them. You know, if we were down a puck after two, I think it would be a little bit different. But, you know, we were down two and playing really well and probably didn't deserve to be down after the, after the second period, but we were. And then the fourth one, I mean, we had a couple power plays that we didn't we didn't score on and we missed on a couple chances. And then I thought... We give up a, a bad change goal at 2 on 0 and there's nothing Sorokin could do about that. I mean, that's... So a lot of them are on us and then they get two empty net goals. So you, you heard him talking about the Islanders having chances and, and not capitalizing, uh, capitalizing on those chances, but in, in addition to that, he kind of felt like the Islanders gifted Pittsburgh some goals there on Thursday. I look at probably five of their six goals were a little bit, not gift wrap, but the two empty netters, they're going to happen because you're trying to trying to get back. But the third and fourth were definitely a little bit of gifts, and they capitalize. This is a team you can't change, you know, trade chances with, and you, you've got to execute. And when you don't, they, they can jump on you, so they do. One of the big keys about any game in the NHL is turnovers and Barry Trotz kind of, you know, waxing poetic on, uh, it, it's not okay the way the Islanders turned the puck over the other night. Well, in the turnovers that happened were against, for the most part, uh, I thought some of the most dangerous turnovers were with Crosby's line out there. I mean, you, you got to be a little bit smarter with the puck than those guys. I mean, there's a reason he's one of the greatest players in, in, the, in the game we've seen in this game uh, ever. And so if you want to give him chances to score, well, he's going to do it. He's done it for a long time. 
He certainly has. Speaking of having done it for a long time, we mentioned when we kind of ran through the box scores of the games, uh, Zdeno Char scoring his first and only goal so, goal so far this season. Well, what does that mean for a guy like Char to score at this at this age in this advanced stage of his career? Yeah, it was good. I mean, uh, unfortunately, it was late in the game or whatever, but it, it's good. He's hit a couple posts, and, you know, he's had some good looks, and it's gl- I'm glad he got one. He's going to get through this year with a, another goal and add to the a Hall of Fame career, and so everybody was really happy for him, for sure. How you couldn't be is beyond me. Uh, and then Jake Ensel, we went through some of the numbers, scored two goals on on Tuesday, two goals on Thursday as well. Here's Barry Trotz on Gensel's development playing next to Sid the Kid. He's an intelligent player. He's got some finish. He moves the puck. You know, I've seen a lot of games of uh, those two, but it, it seems that anybody you put with Sid, they seem to develop. So uh, he's one of the best teachers you're going to find. So you look at the the number of guys that he's almost had every winger. The thing that Sid does is he makes the people that he plays with better, and that's a sign of a great player. He certainly does, and it's no coincidence that Gensel's having this kind of a season playing next to Sidney Crosby. Uh, mentioned it moments ago. Uh, have to bring it back up this Saturday morning. Really sad news in the hockey world. And, and specifically hits close to home here for us in the tri-state area. Uh, Mike Bossy passes away at the age of 65. And I, I want to spend the next couple of minutes just kind of re- remembering the kind of player person. We'll hear from Wayne Gretzky in, in just a second as well. Um, here's a statement. Uh, the New York Islanders organization mourns the loss of one Mike Bossy, an icon not only on Long Island, but across the entire hockey world. That's Islanders president and general manager Lou Lamarillo. Um, he said his drive to be the best every time he stepped on the ice was second to none. Along with uh, his teammates, he helped win four straight Stanley Cup championships, shaping the history of this franchise forever. On behalf of the entire organization, we send our deepest condolences to the entire Bossy family and all those who grieve this tragic loss. Lung cancer. Strikes down on Mike Bossy at the age of 65. So some numbers and stats and information about Bossy. If, if you don't know, and if you do, I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy reflecting. Uh, Bossy was a member of the Islanders from uh, 1977 through 1987. Uh, was selected by the Isles in the first round. 15th overall, so first round pick. But it's not like it was a, 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 like a lottery pick, I guess you would say now. Uh, that's of the 1977 NHL draft. Uh, played his entire career with the Isles. Scored 573 goals. That's first all-time in franchise history. 553 assists. That's third all-time in franchise history. That's a grand total of 1,126 points. That's second all-time in franchise history. And he did it all in only 752 games. Uh, that number is seventh all-time in Islanders history. He had nine consecutive, amazing, nine consecutive seasons of 50-plus goals. That is an NHL record and scored 60 or more goals in five of those seasons. Bossy's 573 career goals ranks 22nd all-time in National Hockey League history, and only two players reached 500 goals in fewer games, and they are two of the immortals of the game, Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. The NHL and Gary Bettman released a statement as well. Quote, the National Hockey League mourns the passing of Mike Bossy, the dynamic winger whose goal-scoring prowess during a remarkable 10-year career ranks by almost any measure as one of the greatest in NHL history and propelled the New York Islanders to four straight Stanley 
Cups. He meant so much to the entirety of the hockey community that yesterday when Montreal's Brendan Gallagher started his weekly press conference, he started by discussing the passing of Mike Bossy. I just found out that Mike Bossy passed away this morning. Obviously, uh, on behalf of our group, we want to offer our condolences to the family. Uh, he's somebody that did so much for the game of hockey, so much for the, uh, the community, even after he was done playing. So, you know, we're thinking about him, we're thinking about his family, and uh, it's, a, it's tough news to hear for sure. It certainly is a, a rough day. And we mentioned that the only two guys reach 500 goals in fewer games. One of those guys was Wayne Gretzky. Here is Wayne Gretzky on Sirius XM NHL radio discussing Mike Bossy. It's a sad day. And unfortunately, it's part of life. And it's a horrible part of our life. And, you know, nobody likes to see anybody pass. And especially when we all have heroes, you come to think that heroes are going to maybe live forever. But that's not the case. And, you know, just a real special man who uh, happened to be one of the greatest goal scorers ever. More importantly, he was a winner both on the ice as a champion and he was a winner off the ice. Just a quality person. Uh, more from Wayne Gretzky. Not on Bossy the person you just heard. More on Bossy the player. You're mm-hmm. getting the penalty box the whole game, but Gordy Howe had a shadow, and Rocky Richard had a shadow. I had a shadow. Mike had a shadow. It was a silly part of the game, but you had to deal with it. But Mike was one of the first guys that found that open area. He would get to the front of the net, and somehow he'd just take those two or three strides back that would get him in between the center and the winger and the defenseman, and he'd be wide open. And before you knew it, Trotche would find him, and he'd have that quick release, and the puck would be in the net. And he used that big, uh, red, thick, strong, tight hockey stick and I, mm-hmm. I remember we all grew up using Louisville and Coho and Northlands and you know they were wooden sticks and Mike Bossy was one of the first players to come out with a colored stick it was red and <laughs> I remember Titan calling my dad and myself and saying would you like to try a Titan stick and I remember saying to my dad no I'm, I'm not going to use that stick and my dad said oh, oh yeah you are that guy in New York's getting 50 every year with that stick you're going to use it so <laughs> that's, how, that's how my deal started with Titan and uh, then Titan came up with his idea concept you know what, Mike's got a red one. Let's switch Wayne over to white. So I originally started with the red sticks like Mike did. And the reason I started was my dad said, if it's good enough for that guy, you're going to use them. <laughs> and that's, of course, Wayne Gretzky on Mike Bossy, who passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 65. Now, Bossy inducted into the NHL Hall of Fame in 1991. In 2017, so five years ago, the 100-year anniversary of the league, Bossy was named to the NHL list of the 100 all-time greatest players. His resume of awards and records, uh, very impressive throughout his NHL career. Uh, Rookie of the year in 77-78. NHL leading goal scorer in 78-79 and 80-81 as well. Conn Smythe, trophy winner in 81-82. And the Lady Bing winner three separate times, 82-83, 83-84, and 85-86. So, sad news today, but certainly something necessary of discussing the passing of Mike Bossy, the age of 65 we don't have time to hear from lindy ruff but we'll quickly take a a brief tour about what the the devils did this past week Uh, last saturday actually defeated the stars by the score of 3-1 then crushed the coyotes 6-2 on tuesday on thursday it was the abs and they fought but still lost this one by the score of 3-1 and a giveaway as far as the devils are concerned we have a devil's hat and t-shirt to give away oh my god yeah big news very easy to enter just text gold g-o-a-l to 44202 again that's gold to 44202 we'll select the winner at random and send them the devil swag all from your home for the hookup 98.7 espn when we return what is coming up 
for the locals next week. Oh, and of course, this day in hockey history. It's all happening this morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on the Northwell Health Foundation. On Saturday, April 23rd at 1.30 p.m. at the Northwell Health Ice Center in East Meadow, there will be the 2022 Alumni Classic. Islanders alumni, including Pierre Turgeon, Benoit Hogue, and Darius Kasparaitis, will face off against New York Rangers alum Stefan Mateau, Adam Graves, and more in this exhibition to support this most worthy foundation. The game also features all types of unbelievable experiences from meeting the alumni, photographs, even playing in the game. To learn more about this great event, go to NHL.com forward slash Islanders forward slash info forward slash alumni class. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And it is the Hockey Show. It's sad that we're, we're kind of coming to a close, but still a lot more to do. We're brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So we have a couple of news notes this day in hockey history, and then we'll look ahead uh, to the week that's going to happen for the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Let's take a look right now at this day in hockey history, April 16th, 1992. I was just 21. April 16th, I, I mean, just 21. I was 21 on March 12th, 19. No, I'm completely wrong. I was 19, so forget it. I was not drinking, Your Honor. I was not. April 16th, 1992. 19-year-old Dave Rothenberg and Mike Gartner. What are you saying, Anthony? I'm saying that I was not born yet, Dave. Oh, you know what? Go to hell. <laughs> Were well, you born in 94? Yeah, I was. Yeah, on uh, uh, what day? I was born in August. So you do not have a Rangers Cup, so maybe you're the reason they haven't won. Well, that's not nice. I mean, I hope that's not the case. It's not nice, but at least I've seen one. I was there for the Cup. Yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't. Yeah, so you not... Nope. You weren't even born. So I was just a pup. I'm 19 years old, but you weren't even a thought at that time. No. How how old are your parents, by the way? They don't look a day over 50. How old are they, though? They're in their 60s. Oh. All right. That's good. So at least we're not near the same age. All right. Anyhow, <laughs> this day in hockey history, April 16th, 1992. I'm 19 years old. We've established that. Mike Gardner credited with his 500th NHL assister in the Rangers 7-1 beatdown over the Pittsburgh Penguins at Madison Square Garden. Gardner becomes the first player in league history to get his 500th goal, 500th assist, and 1,000th point and to play in his 1,000th NHL game all in the same season. So if you're like, wait a minute, that's confusing. It's a lot. I'll break it down to make it very simple for you. In 1992, Mike Gartner becomes the first player in league history to get his 500th goal, 500th assist, 1,000th point, and to play in his 1,000th NHL game all in one 
season. So now that we've got that out of the way, my correct age, Anthony wasn't born, and what Mike Gardner accomplished, we can move on to a little segment known as observations. Now you say, observation sounds familiar. You'll love it. If you haven't heard it, you'll love it. When does it happen? 645 on Thursday morning, it's an observations and a dehif. Did it happen in Florida? Well, this past week, my producer on DPH and Rothenberg, RJ Santillo, does a wonderful job. And RJ Santillo, okay, he found a story with a hockey theme and it involves Evander Kane. And here it is. How far would you go to get back at, at, at an ex? Uh, Evander Kane, who you know, noted bad guy for numerous reasons. Uh, there was a scrum on, on Tuesday, and, and Ryan Hartman of the Wild was seen giving Kane the finger. Gave him right the bird. Caught on camera. The NHL finds him 4200 bucks. What do fans do? Rush to Venmo. Send money to Hartman to pay the fine. Among those that donated to the cause, the ex-wife of Evander Kane, who tweeted a screenshot, sending 200 bucks to Ryan Hartman. Wow. She hates him, huh? I think a lot of people do. (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. Sounds it. I'd say it's pretty evident. Wow. I think She despises that man, huh? She can't just let the marriage go and leave. No, she's going to donate to other people owing money to the league for doing bad things to Evander Kane. So, wow. And if you haven't heard DiPietro and Rothenberg, I've heard great things about it. 5 to 8 a.m., Monday to Friday, uh, right here on 98.7 ESPN. One more little nugget, and then I want to look ahead at what we have coming up this week with the locals uh, in hockey. And we have our outdoor winter classic set, or one of them, I guess, set for next season. Penguins, Bruins, good, right? Two good teams. You get Malkin, you get... Uh, Crosby, certainly, the Bruins and everything that they offer. But where will this take place? Oh, as good as it gets. Fenway Park. So Penguins Bruins next season in Fenway. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group at locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. The number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast, allamericanford.com. Net. For the Rangers, like I mentioned numerous times during the show today, 12.30 pregame noon right here against the Red Wings on 98.7 ESPN. Then home against the Winnipeg Jets, 6.30 Tuesday night, also right here on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, it's so it's so cyclical, so beautiful for the Rangers. They play Saturday, off Sunday, Monday, play Tuesday, off Wednesday, play Thursday. So not too busy. And then Thursday, maybe some payback against the Islanders. It's at UBS, at the Islanders, 7 o'clock, right here, Thursday night, 98.7 ESPN. All right, so what do the Islanders have? The Islanders tomorrow, Sunday, At the Leafs, you can hear that right here on 98.7 as they travel north to Toronto, take on Austin Matthews and the Leafs. Then Tuesday, they travel down to Florida, taking on the Panthers, 7 o'clock. You can hear that one on 10.50 a.m. And then Thursday, like we mentioned, also on 10.50 a.m. and 98.7 ESPN, uh, the Rangers, 7 o'clock, and that takes place at UBS Arena. And then the Devils, uh, a couple of road games and... And then one home game uh, tonight, late night, at Seattle, taking on the Kraken. Now, the Kraken actually had a game uh, postponed the other night against Winnipeg because of a snowstorm in April. 
in Winnipeg. But um, Devils Oh, my out. God. Yeah. I mean, who would expect that? Uh, at Seattle against the Kraken, 10 o'clock tonight. Then Monday at Vegas taking on the Golden Knights. And then Thursday, 7 o'clock, back at home after that uh, West Coast trip. They take on the Buffalo Sabres uh, in New Jersey. So, so there you have it. As we start to whittle away at the final days of the regular season of 2021-2022, we know the Rangers are going. Um, Islanders, very unlikely. Devils have really no chance at all. So that's where we are with the locals. Thanks for tuning in as always. A big thanks to Anthony Pusick, Andy from Merrick, Ray Dinahan, everybody associated with the hockey show. Joe is is next. Then I'm back at nine o'clock this morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. And you won't miss me. I'm back in an hour right here. uh, 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.